This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about kefir. Yes, yes, which I have a friend who loves kefir. And we, I wouldn't say argue about it, but we constantly talk about how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have different opinions. Uh, so hopefully this is it. it. Correct ish. Yeah, um, that's that's how I saw it suggested to be pronounced on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I've always said kefir in my head because that's mm-hmm. what the word looks like to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not heard anyone um, who is from the region where it's from say it out loud. Yes. Definitely somebody in my crew says it, Kiefer. <laughs> uh, so listeners, let us know. Yeah. I don't have a lot of experience with this. Actually, I have my friend who does. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sort of learning through her. Uh, but was there any particular reason this was on your mind, Lauren? Nope. Nope. Oh, nah, uh, yeah. nah, nah, zero, zero. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think that I was trying to find some kind of like dairy adjacent product that we had not covered yet. Um, I was like maybe a cheese and then I landed on kefir. Um, I have a former roommate who loves the stuff, always had some in the house. Um, I've never, I I also don't have a whole lot of experience with it, but uh, I kind of prefer like eating a yogurt to like drinking a yogurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, drinking a yogurt feels like a very special occasion to me, but Oh, that's mm-hmm. me. That's me. Um, which, speaking of, you can see our milk, yogurt, cheese episodes uh, yeah. for, for more about this. Yeah. Also, kind of, sort of, any of our beer episodes. Oh, yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. 
Kind of, sort of. Uh, bread, sa- sourdough, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, huh. I guess that brings us to our question. <laughs> Absolutely. Kafir. What is it? Well, uh, kefir is a category of beverages, typically made from milk, um, that's been lightly fermented using a blend of both friendly bacteria and friendly yeasts, resulting in a thickened, tangy, sometimes slightly bubbly, and slightly alcoholic product that is sort of a drinkable yogurt. Depending on the type of milk you start with, um, cow, sheep, goat, camel, Soy, coconut, I don't know, Um, and the exact friendly cultures that you use to ferment it, it can have all kinds of different hints of flavor in there, from like barney to fruity to bready to buttery. Um, But it can also be flavored separately from that with, you know, like some sugar or vanilla or cocoa or any kind of fruit that you like. There is also a category of uh, water kefirs that are made with uh, similar combinations of cultures, uh, but but fermenting like watered down fruit juice or, or maybe molasses instead of a milk product. We're talking about those less today, perhaps not at all, aside from this mention right here. I, I think that's a separate category. Okay, anyway, uh, milk kefir is like a it's like a non frozen, slightly weird smoothie. Um, it's like a creamy filling kombucha it sort of tastes healthy but in a fun way um it's like it's like the opposite of a brisk walk on just an aggressively pleasant day because you're full at the end yeah oh that's nice (laughs) yeah 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 and okay so already in my description here i'm getting into the idea of healthy And I want to remind us all, right up front, um, of the first and perhaps most operative part of the saver motto, nutrition is complicated. Our bodies are complicated. Um, We know shockingly little about how our bodies actually work. More research is necessary. Um, And I'm saying this because kefir is a product around, um, there are both a lot of traditional and like pop science health claims. This is true about a lot of the stuff we talk about, actually, but, like, the slant of my Google results made me want to do this right here up front rather than down in the nutrition section or in addition to mm-hmm. down in the nutrition section. hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, that, 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 that's a side aside. So, kefir. In every episode that we talk about milk, e- even just our episode or episodes about milk itself, Uh, We talk about how humans have tried to preserve milk because it's this great product that mammals will make kind of a surplus of um, that has proteins and fats and sugars, but it doesn't last very long on its own. So so we process it by pasteurizing it or solidifying it into cheese or, in this case, fermenting it. So fermentation, um, as we refer to it in food science, is the process of a friendly yeasts or bacteria eating stuff, mostly sugars, in our food and excreting other stuff that we like, uh, such as tart acids, other flavor molecules, alcohols, and or carbon dioxide bubbles. Um, and some of these things do double duty in terms of like A, being pleasant to us, but also B, helping prevent the growth of unfriendly microbes, um, things that would excrete toxins or infect us and make us sick. 
So, okay, in lots of fermentation processes, we try to really strictly control the microorganisms that are at work so that we're only getting a narrow band of, of, of products within this, products or effects within this spectrum, yeah? Like, we want most yogurt to be tart, but not bubbly. Um, we want most beer to be alcoholic, but not tart. Um, kefir kind of throws these rules out the window. To make kefir, you, you take whatever kind of milk you like um, from whatever animal or plant and add this colony of microorganisms referred to as kefir grains. They're called grains because the, these colonies traditionally come in a very macroscopic clump of like grainy white to beigeish lumps that, that look sort of like the, the, the head of a cauliflower um, or maybe like a, like a fine rice pudding or um, if you pushed cottage cheese through a sieve, yeah? Um, and and, and these, these grains are made up of a, of a matrix of proteins and carbohydrates that allow this community to, to persevere in the unfriendly environment of, of open air. You know, most microorganisms do not like open air. There's too little water, too much oxygen. But these colonies create these grains um, to, to, to let them live there. However, if you put kefir grains in whatever kind of milk, they're going to get to work eating stuff and excreting acids and other flavors and usually a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of carbon dioxide. And that's because these colonies contain a wide range of microorganisms, um, primarily lactic acid bacteria of the familiar Lactococcus genus and yeasts of the familiar Saccharomyces genus, but lots of other little guys as well, including any number of microorganisms that were originally isolated from kefir. Like, we found out about them because we studied kefir, and we were like, oh, we haven't seen that guy before. Cool. <laughs> So mm -hmm. one of the other interesting things here is that you do this at room temperature, um, like like 70-ish degrees Fahrenheit, like 21-ish degrees Celsius, yeah. And this is interesting because in, in yogurts and cheeses and beers and wines, you heat everything up, um, but not so with kefir. You just add the grains and your milk of choice in a vessel, cover it up with something arable like a cheesecloth or a paper towel, and just sort of let it hang out for like 24 hours or so, and then strain out the, the, the grains, and you've got kefir. Uh, the grain colony will grow a little during the process, and you can reuse those grains infinite times. Um, you know, like, like a sourdough starter. You, you might toss some out if it's too prolific. You might give some away. Uh, you can also buy kefir grains online if no one will share any with you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's probably, probably not on purpose. If they had some to share, they probably would. You know, it's probably not a slight mm -hmm. is all I'm saying. Um, but <laughs> but you, you, you can buy it pre-processed, yes. Um, if you do make it at home, there are lots of tips online for doing that. Although, you know, it, it is a living product, so it's always going to take a little bit of personal trial and error to figure out what works for you in your home environment. Um, and, and yeah, it can be drunk as a snack or part of a meal, used in, in cooking the same way that you would use yogurt or sour cream or buttermilk. Uh, and these days, some um, industrially produced kefir is made um, using more like controlled, specific cultures of microorganisms rather than um, kefir grain format. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, what about the nutrition? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> 
top level, uh, you know, of course, it depends on what kind of milk you start with and the exact process it goes through and, and whatever you might add to it. But kefir is generally good for you. You know, it's got some proteins, a little bit of sugar, uh, but not too much. Usually some fat, usually some some good micronutrients like it'll help fill you up and keep you going. Eat a vegetable, drink some water. But okay, uh, as I alluded to at the top, there are all kinds of health claims about kefir. Um, and some research has been done, um, and some of it is also super interesting. Like, like, it seems like some of the microorganisms involved in kefir break down some of the cholesterol in milk, um, and maybe even in the body. Uh, don't get too excited about that one, like the best research is in hamsters, not human people. Uh, but but still, um, uh, also, aside from fighting off unfriendly microbes in the, the, the kefir itself, some research in labs indicates that kefir's microorganisms and or their byproducts may help our immune system work better. This is all cool and hypothetically promising. Um, but, you know, like, the, the the field of probiotics is still really new and exciting and in the grand scheme, I mean, certainly of the universe, um, but but also of human science. You know, like we we only figured out what microbes are a couple hundred years ago, um, and we still understand very, very little about how our gut microbiome works and and even less about how the foods that we eat actually affect it. Um, so, you know, I would say eat foods because you like them. Uh, mm -hmm. that shouldn't be as revolutionary a statement as it, as it kind of feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you like a food, eat it. Um, you know, pay attention to how you feel after you eat it. And in, you know, like the hours and days and weeks after you continue eating it. Um, and if you feel well, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Science. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we do have some numbers for you. We do. We do. Um, okay. Over 60 species of bacteria and yeasts have been identified in various kefir grains and, and, and fermented milk samples. And that's actually conservative. Um, I'd say more like over 100 when you count like singly identified species and like one-off samples. And that's that's probably from actually a small review of samples that have been taken. So many are common. <laughs> Some are uncommon. There's a lot involved. Got These it. colonies are very, very interesting. Um, very active. Uh-huh. You know? mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, However, uh, okay, one small test of five brands of kefir in the United States in 2021 showed that only one of those five brands actually contained the number of live active cultures that it claimed to have. And all five contained different species than they listed on the label. Which isn't to say that any of these products were bad products or, you know, that they were unhealthy or anything like that. Just again, it's really complicated. It is. It is. And finding numbers about this was very complicated. Um, but according to one source I read, kefir is worth about 
$115.8 million in the U.S. Per year, per year, yeah. And globally, it's worth over $1.5 billion a year. So, so a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And that's got a history. It's It's got... A surprising, twisty, turny history. <laughs> it Oh, it does. Uh, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose, I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsors. Yes, thank you. And yes, you can see our past cheese episodes, our yogurt episodes. A lot of similar themes in those, and a lot of mystery is in this episode. Um, Because uh, I had to use a lot more brand-specific sources than I usually like to, like companies that maybe make kefir or something like that. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. Sell the grains. Yeah, sure. Yes. It doesn't mean that they're wrong, Uh, but always good to keep in mind. Yep. Yep, Where are you getting your information? Uh, Take it with a grain of kefir. (laughs) Yes. And listeners, if you have any more information, please let us know. Oh, yeah. Always. Uh, 
Always. So according to the sources I was able to find, kefir originated in the Caucasus Mountains over 2,000 years ago. Allegedly, people reported feeling rejuvenated after consuming milk that had been fermented in bags made of animal skin, which sounds very familiar to every cheese episode we've done mm-hmm. and our yogurt episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I would also like to say I found another source that claimed the earliest known instance of milk kefir uh, traces back 4,000 years ago to a tomb in China. So that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would assume that there's also a little bit of um, technicality about what counts as kefir and like what counts yeah. as a kefir grain and share. Um, mm-hmm. There is also argument about how we got the English term kefir. Um, it seems that we borrowed it from the Russian term, but where did the Russian term come from? And how did it get there from more local terms? Uh, okay. The, the words all seem to root from an old Turkic word for froth or foam, um, particularly related to, to milk. Um, but the pronunciation may have been influenced by a more modern Turkish word for like a, like a good or pleasant feeling. Or that feeling good word might have nothing to do with it. And the pronunciation might come from the word transferring from Caucasus languages through Arabic languages. Fun with etymology, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. We don't know. But that's, you know, some stuff (laughs) (laughs) that people think. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. At any rate. At any rate. At at any rate. um, At some point, this sense of health uh, that uh, people reported uh, from drinking kefir From that, a belief arose that something in this milk was a gift from the Prophet Muhammad. Um, People called it kefir grains. Because of that, for about two centuries, kefir grains were kept secret and away from outsiders and were so prized medicinally, owning kefir grains was viewed as a sign of wealth. Hmm. Um, Yeah, but... Some outsiders that did not like this, including powers in Russia, um, through a Russian plot that involved espionage, exploitation, colonization, and kidnapping. What kefir was? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. But yes, uh, kefir was commercially produced for the first time in 1908. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you're curious. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Part of the reason why Russia was determined to get their hands on kefir grains was because of this health aspect of them. The Russian Physician Society got wind of them after the publication of a 1907 book called The Prolongation of Life that claimed that the key to longevity of the people who lived in the Caucasus region was fermented milk. And they wanted to procure and produce the healing drink. They'd been interested in figuring out the secret to this longevity in the region since at least the 14th century, and hmm. they tapped Russian dairyman Nikolay Blandov, and possibly his brother, depending on the source I read. Mm-hmm. Also, his last name changed depending on the source I read, but Blandov seemed the most common. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, so they tapped him to travel to Turkey and get a sample, but the locals refused to sell to him 
slash maybe them. Um, so Blandoff, in turn, asked his employee, Irina Sakharova, with the mission instead. So she was a 20-year-old woman who had graduated from a renowned cheese school. Okay. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and had won awards for her unique butter-making methods. And she was beautiful. Um, okay. Which helped for this because basically they sent her to seduce this Caucasian prince named Beck Mirza Barkarov. Um, as the story goes, she pretty much, yeah, she went in, tried to seduce him, charm him, in order to convince him to give her these kefir grains as a gift, but he refused. However, when she tried to leave, he kidnapped her and tried to get her to marry him. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yep. Um, Blandov staged a rescue, and Barkarov was put on trial in Moscow for attempting a forced marriage. He offered gold to make amends, but uh, Arena rejected it, demanding kefir grains instead. Wow. Yeah. And he ended up giving her 10 pounds. Um, from this, Blandoff was able to commercialize production, and the first bottles of kefir went on sale in Russia in 1908. Uh, and it fairly quickly became a staple there, and still is. Hospitals at the time also used it to treat a whole host of things. Uh, I've read that it's actually kind of common still to treat a whole host of things. Um, by the 1930s, kefir was being mass-produced to meet demand in the country, I wasn't there, but again, always worth keeping in mind who is writing these stories. That's all mm-hmm. I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it does remind me of that famous yogurt commercial we talked about in that episode about longevity. Remember, it was like it was like a documentary, and they were like, "Wow, these people live so long. Yeah. How can we do it? It's the, yogurt. It's yogurt. Um, the secrets of longevity in this beautiful pastoral place." Yes. <laughs> Is yes. yogurt. It felt very much like that when I was reading this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Slightly less forced marriage, uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, slightly more easily, I guess, uh, kefir made its way to South and Central America through waves of immigration from the Caucasus region towards the end of the Ottoman Empire around like the late 1800s and early 1900s. So there is a lot of kefir production in South and Central America to this day. Right. And it wasn't until the 1970s that kefir gained a foothold in the U.S. as part of the health trend that was going on at the time. And that kind of brings us to our current day because it has recently gotten a boost here as a health food or a superfood, um, it's definitely like that's how it's marketed. Yeah. In the US, oh, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, like, like it, it's really interesting to me that like the places that I have found it in in supermarkets anyway are you know like either in the health food section in you know like your Kroger, your Publix, whatever standard American super supermarket or um, in either the Brazilian section or the Eastern European section of uh, oh. of international supermarkets. Interesting. I'll have to ask my friend who drinks it all the time where she gets it. I think she just gets it from like our regular grocery stores. Yeah. By regular, I mean like the one near her that's probably a Kroger or something. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
Because she has it all the time. I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would love to hear from listeners about this one. I did read about making it. Um, if anyone has any recipes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. After my slightly rocky yogurt experimentation <laughs> during the era of our yogurt episodes i'm like i'm like oh i don't know i don't know but the fact that you can do this at room temperature is really appealing to me there's hope lauren <laughs> um <laughs> we can you know there's always another door to open yeah. another milk to ferment um <laughs> Did you just say ferment or ferment? <laughs> ferment. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think that we can make this happen. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we are waiting to hear from you listeners, but I think that's what we have to say about kefir for now. I, I think it is. Uh, we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. Oh, that was relaxing. Oh. Sometimes these are really relaxing for me, you know? <laughs> Lauren's like, no. <laughs> it was a little stressful for me because our internet was breaking up. But, uh, but yeah, I think, it's, I think it's going well. Here we are. And we have some listener mail already for you. Uh, starting with an Instagram message from Leslie, who has written in several times. And we do answer these Instagram messages. It might take us a while, but we do do it. Um, so don't stop sending them. But so, so this is a little dated is essentially what I'm saying. But um, <laughs> Leslie wrote, y'all, I did not expect to be crying nostalgia tears at 9 a.m. today. Why? Thanks for bringing back happy memories of hanging out in the basement turned fully furnished kids zone at my grandparents' house, watching a copy of this new cartoon movie thing my grandma had gotten a copy of called Spirited Away. Lights fully off, wrapped up like no face in my grandma's glittering jet black dress, absolutely gobsmacked. Back when you had to turn the TV to channel three to get Hmm. the VCR to work on the old push button TV. I don't remember if there were subtitles. She might have gotten a copy of Princess Mononoke, too. Happy moments punctuated with ice-cold Stewart's cream soda from the Mm. garage fridge, grandpa's salami and eggs, bagels and locks and pickled herring from the correct bagel shop, French silk pie, and grandpa's lamb chops with mint jelly. Dang it, now I'm crying again and also hungry. Luckily, my dad will hopefully be bringing some bagels down at his impending visit. And in case you were wondering, the salami was always hung in the garage, a big one from Costco in anticipation of the grandkids visiting. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's amazing. I love these nostalgic memories of of food and, and these media that we talk about because yeah. at first glance you might be like oh yeah I don't know why you talk about that on a food show but you're like absolutely we talk about that on a food show yeah. <laughs> it's like got a lot of food in it and a lot of us have food memories associated with it yeah oh that's that's really that's really wonderful like what an amazing compounding of uh of right of, of all the discussion of food in the film with your own personal memories oh mm-hmm. Also, chocolate yeah. silk pie. I hadn't thought about that one in a hot minute. Ooh, that's, that's so good. Future episode. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this just sounds like such a fun experience with your family that had a lot of food involved um, watching this movie. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I understand why you were crying nostalgia yeah. tears. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also, I still have a couple of devices that you still have to like turn your TV to channel three or whatever uh, it is. Me in order too. To, yeah. My, my SNES, you know, like it's a process, right? Huh. And then you got the like yellow, red, black cord. Like, listen, younger viewers, <laughs> listeners, you don't know. You don't we had to go to channel three and we had to do this whole thing and it was. There are things to plug in. <laughs> 
<laughs> fix a plug-in. Prayers to make. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just didn't work. Cartridges for no to blow on. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Oh heck. Um. All right. Uh, Haley wrote. Uh, last night I was listening to the Colch episode while cooking some gnocchi. As soon as listener mail started and I heard the Hallie or is it Haley? I knew it was me. LOL. It's pronounced like Haley, but I get Hallie like 95% of the time anyway, so I just answer to both. I was so surprised to hear my email on air. You guys' little pep talk made me tear up, and now more than ever, you feel like actual friends to me. I had way too much on my plate at the time of sending, but I was finally able to offload some stress. My bad month did end up turning around, and I've got lots of good things on the horizon again. I'm attaching a vaguely unflattering photo of me with the giant mango, probably listening to you guys in my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and I can confirm the mango was indeed giant. Not uh, small. Very... Not small. Yeah. That's... No. <laughs> also, I'm a big fan of the power of the unflattering photo. Uh, I'm not saying yours was unflattering, even though that's what you said, but I'm saying I've taken a lot of bad pictures purposefully, and I find it very liberating. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not needing to... I just, like, default to Muppet face. If you've ever seen a photo Mm -hmm. of me taken by somebody else that's online, like, I tend to to not post those of myself, but Mm. most other humans' photos of me are just me making, like, a weird Muppet face, and Mm. I... Yeah, that's my natural state. I'm like, well, I don't know how to smile like a person in a photograph, so... Here we go. <laughs> this is what you get. Let's at least make I it quirky. Like. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm glad that things are going better. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, yes. Yay for being able to offload some stress. Yes, we have all been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might s- still currently be there. Um, mm-hmm. But yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much. To both of these listeners for writing in. Mm-hmm. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and the aforementioned Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.